Hey, it's Karen Hunter from the Karen Hunter Show on Sirius XM Urban View. Here's a highlight from today's show. You know what? Let me welcome her in. She's a sister uh, from another mister. I absolutely appreciate uh, the goodness that she puts into the world and helping us to frame these these troubling times, but also our own lives uh, and making make, making it make sense because she does right here on Urban View every Sunday at 11 a.m. with the Dr. Robin Show. Let me welcome to the show, Dr. Robin Smith. Hi. Hello there, my sister. How are you? I'm good. First of all, how are you? I'm doing, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. And we'll let everyone know you're asking um, that you would ask anyway. But my, um, as you know, my brother died suddenly, um, three weeks, almost a month ago now, he had just gotten back from a trip to Paris and was home uh, in Philadelphia. And well, and taking care of business and being loving and connecting. Uh, There's a woman who was in hospice he sent flowers to and went to dinner after getting back from Paris, did all kinds of great things those 10 days he was back home and uh, just left here. I mean, left here in a whisper um, without any warning. And um, his service was two weeks ago, week and a half ago. Um, So it's been... It's been rough, um, but I will say this, uh, as we're as I'm listening to your show and I sent you a message saying I was listening even during this this time. And it reminds me um, how important it is to not waste um, the one thing we can't get back and that's time, um, the metric that we cannot get back. So the ways in which we waste time Um, and don't use our words and our energy and our love and our anger wisely. And so my brother's life, um, he's a twin. He and my sister are twins. So that's a whole journey for my sister um, to have shared a womb with my brother and the comfort of it, as well as the, um, the, the closeness in the womb of never having been without him. But he lived his life and he lived it on his own terms um, in ways that were very different from mine, but he was um, himself and he used his life in the ways that made sense to him. So I feel um, challenged to make sure that my life is, uh, that I continue to use it in ways that are purposeful and meaningful. And uh, my I write about this, that when death finds me, Um, that it takes me alive. And that is certainly what I hope for all of your listeners and my listeners, that when death finds us, because it will come, um, that it takes a life that is vibrant and alive and not Mm -hmm. a, you know, not someone who is on automatic pilot, um, just here, but not really here. So, so thank you for asking um, and for all the people who have sent love and care and all kinds of um, support, but I'm challenged. I'm challenged to make sure that my time even here with you right now is meaningful to someone um, that, yeah, yeah. I mean, what are we doing here um, if minds and lives on Wellness Wednesday are not being challenged and set free? All of that. Um, I, 
I was thinking about you primarily through the holidays uh, because that is really tough. I was thinking about you and Drew McCaskill and so many others uh, who have lost close people and the holidays is when, you know, even during COVID, when we, you know, some of us may not see our family until the holiday season. And it is all about family, you know, whether you, you know, believe in Thanksgiving or not, the gathering of food and folk and, and, you know, memories is where all of that happens. And it, it is really, really tough during the holiday season for people who have lost folk. I was thinking, you know, about the emptiness at my table with my dad and he's been gone um, almost a decade now. And it's like the stories and that's where we evoke, you know, remember when dad, you know, uh, cause he <laughs> cut the Turkey. He was the one that cut the Turkey, you know? So now we ain't even have Turkey. We, when well, my mother made Turkey breasts, we didn't have a whole Turkey, you know, right. this time <laughs> and I had to cut the Turkey breast today mm-hmm. and I was like mm, this is tough you know so I'm just I was just imagining yeah. your your brother um and the twin you know like yeah my, goodness. Can you my sister yeah yeah that's a, a real journey but you know Karen I will say this as well my nephew my brother's son he has two daughters I mean two children a son and a daughter they're adults and he had four granddaughters um who are young adults and but my nephew said to me, he said, you know, Aunt Robin, because um, this was a journey. I mean, because my brother died suddenly. So this was not expected. And uh, and he said, Aunt Robin, you know, my father's death should bring us closer, talking about our family. And I said to him, well, that's not really the purpose of death. Uh, the purpose of death is to illuminate the truth. And I do want to remind all of us, uh, my father died 32 years ago, that death doesn't, there's no magic wand and it does not make what wasn't uh, present. And so I said to my nephew is, this is really about, I mean, the, the gift of death, the purpose of death is that it illuminates the truth. It illuminates what is. Mm. So if we are close, then it will illuminate that we are are close. And if we are fractured and fragmented, then it will illuminate that. And if we want to change that, it may give us an opportunity to figure out, wow, I mean, I thought we were something that we're not. Uh, But it does not make what isn't is, you know, that's poor English. But I mean, this is, you know, there's no magic here. And so I do feel, again, compelled um, I feel like one of my my gifts, I've had major sudden losses. I mean, my brother's loss is significant, but my significant other many years ago in the uh, 1994, I was on the beach in uh, the Caribbean and he was talking. We were with another couple and his eyes rolled back in his head and he had cardiac arrest as a man who was in his 40s, um, an executive at one of the biggest um companies, telecommunication companies in the world, and now probably the biggest. Um, But I say that, so I've known loss, I've known sudden loss, I've known traumatic loss. And I've had to figure out what does that mean um, for me, you know, who is like, I'm still here. And so this issue about death, and how afraid uh, we are, and that we don't use death to teach us how to live. And that's really 
part of what I hope to help people learn, which is that we can't, we are going to die, but also the people we love are going to die. And so the, the question is, how will I live knowing that death shows up when it wants to, and it takes who it wants to, how it wants to. And so I'm asking us here on the Karen Hunter show um, today, will death, when it arrives, will it take you alive? You know, will it take the walking dead? Um, what is it that we need to be doing in our lives, in our relationships, in our marriages, in our divorces, in our parenting, in our jobs? I mean, what is it that we need to be doing so that we are living vibrantly and unapologetically so that when death comes, whether it's through illness or it is through cardiac arrest, that it takes a life that is actually vibrant and living, not someone who was already dying on the vine. And too many of us are just withering away, even though we are still in the land of the living. And so I really feel that my brother's death, uh, Damien um, is, was his name, um, is an opportunity for me not only to long and miss him, but also to invite people to live while they have time. Thank you uh, for sharing all that and his name. So he still lives, yes. Damien. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I've been on this journey of, you know, being on purpose, which I think I've always kind of lived on purpose. I was thinking about that this morning when I was walking. I don't think there's ever been a time when I've not lived on on purpose, which is why I'm never lonely. You know, like I'm never lonely, even though I'm by myself a lot because I'm constantly thinking about ways that I can be purposeful with this time that I'm here. Right. And so I was just, um, listening. I'm, I'm, I have two books that I'm disseminating for 2023 and 2024. One is atomic habits. So I can give it out. Y'all can read it over the holidays and then we're going to go through it as a, as a, uh, radio family, uh, each month, 40 and 40 day increments, because I feel like 40 days and 40 nights seem to keep coming up. Those of us in the Christian tradition, which you are uh, definitely uh, Dr. Robin, who's also a pastor. Uh, and, um, you know, I was thinking 40 days and 40 nights, Noah's Ark, there's four, you know, it's like there's 40 shows up, Jesus in the wilderness. 40. So, you know, they say habits 21. Now I'm like 40. Bible says 40 for some reason. I'm going to say I'm going to do 40. So, mm -hmm. you know, we're going to reset every 40 days with adding okay you know, increments. And then going into 2024, we're going to, you know, imagine the virtues that Ben Franklin with his complicated self, his, his virtues, and just to refine this thing called life, because for us being here in our full selves yeah. means that we all can get somewhere together. If I'm coming whole and you're coming whole, which means we got to deal with all of the trauma and all of the pain and hurt and start to really lean into embracing it, right? Like, I feel like mm -hmm. a lot of us fill our lives with busyness to not deal with the pain. And it's yeah. the pain that we need, like, you know, you, you know, I, I had surgery last December and it was horrific when I think back on it. And today I'm walking several miles a day with no pain, riding a bike with no pain. But a, a year ago I was in excruciating pain 
knees knocking, grinding. But I think about the pain that I endured being in pain that I ignored to -hmm. the deterioration, right? I ignored that pain. I can get through it and nah, but I couldn't. And then the pain of getting them fixed. And now today I feel no pain. So yeah. like the, the, the amount of time that we endure the pain, I feel like we run away from it and not like, mm-hmm. I didn't even take pain medicine. They wanted to, you know, I was like, I don't want to get hooked on that stuff. You're not going to get me getting hooked on opioids. I'm just going to, it'll go away. And it did. It did. So. No, I remember not only when you were in pain, but the pain of recovery. I remember you're not taking anything, doing the show. Aching, I mean, really hurting. Uh, because the recovery from pain, you know, from pain of pushing through, you know, when I, I, I don't like this term powering through, you know, we're going to power through. I mean, because often that means I'm passing myself. I'm ignoring um, things that really are asking me um, to attend to them. I mean, the, the purpose, again, the purpose of death is to illuminate the truth. The purpose of pain is to get our attention. That is the purpose of pain. I mean, it shows up to say, hey, something's off. Hey, whether it's physical pain or emotional pain, it's there to get our attention. And how often we do all kinds of things, Karen, as you just said, to avoid, um, to self-medicate, to do anything but feel what is. And then it's worse. You know, like a leak in a roof, I often say, you know, you have a little leak. We've all had a little leak. I had something and I look at what I ignored and I think, oh, God help me because what I cost myself, caused and cost myself, thinking that I could get to it later. And so I, I'm going to get to it later, but the later now that I have to address is so much more than it would have been had I just figured it out when it was small. That's that lump in the breast, the enlarged prostate you know, it's like, oh, it's like, no, no, no. An enlarged prostate prostate is there and a, a lump in a breast to say, hey, go to the doctor and check it out. And so I, I really, as you're talking about this, am excited about the opportunity to invite people to the table with you and with me to pay attention to their pain. Mm. Dr. Robin is here. She's here. Uh, and I'm grateful. 866-801-8255 is the number. If you want to ask her a question, you know, she's got uh, several disciplines that she operates in and she's got answers. And how does physician heal thyself, Dr. Robin? What, mm. what methodology are you applying to your own uh, healing and your own yeah. getting through this period of time in your life? Uh, we have to go to a break. When we come back, I want to hear uh, that and I also want your opinion on how we deal with the mentally ill. New York is going to be rounding folk up and putting them away without their permission. Is this the best use of uh, taxpayer dollars? Is this the right way to go? Well, Dr. Robin's going to talk about that as well. Eight six six eight zero one eight two five five, and she's here if you have questions or you just want to chat. It's the Karen Hunter Show. We'll be right back. 
All we right. want to be clear. Oh. We don't want us to walk away from this conference because uh, someone is sitting on the train talking to themselves. They're going to be committed because then we're going to commit us all. <laughs> so that's not what we're saying. We're saying we're going to an accumulation of factors that is going to make a trained professional determine that this person is in danger to themselves because they can't take care of their basic needs. Now, on its face, Mayor Adams, I'm sure you're well-meaning. I'm sure you're well. I'm sure you don't want to harm people. I'm sure you are trying to uh, help folk uh, who may not know they need help. The problem is, I just know from whether we're talking about homes for the elderly to places like Willowbrook, left in the hands of human beings, sometimes things go awry. Or the police, for example. I don't trust it. And I think human beings deserve better. But I'm here with a professional, mental health professional. She's also a pastor, ordained minister, Dr. Robin Smith. Thoughts on this new edict by the city of New York to remove people? Yeah, it's concerning for the reasons that you said. And also because often the people who are making these decisions, even if they're trained, you know, unless you've looked at your own stuff, like the, the your own issues around power um, and controlling people, uh, when you have the power to remove people, uh, to replace people, to you know, set off a nuclear war. I mean, the people have to really have looked at their own issues, their own unresolved issues of power. So I often use the example of um, church ushers, ushers in church, who are usually the front line, like that's the person you meet. And that person, whether it's an usher or the person, if you're in some of these larger churches who's in a parking lot and directing traffic, they either are really um, joyful ministers of welcoming, or they are Gestapo's. They are tyrants. Yeah. Yes. Tyrants. And so same thing with the ushers at a movie theater. You're like, are you kidding me? Like, it's the movies. It's not that deep. And it's like, it is that deep. So I say that because there are people who have unresolved issues where they don't have power at home. And they didn't have power as a child and they watched their mother or father be pushed and bullied. So they've decided unconsciously they are going to lord over other people. And so my concern about this is the human rights and the dignity of these um, people who may be troubled uh, mentally, but who need to be handled with care and who we need to know like what's their story and how did they end up maybe homeless or without a shower or whatever their story is. And so I am greatly concerned about who's going to be monitoring, you know, who's going to monitor the people with this kind of power. I mean, I just see this as a setup for a lot of abuse that could be well-intentioned, but, you know, you know, what is it that the paved to hell? The road to uh, hell the, is paved the by good hell. intentions. Yep. Right, right. The road to hell is paved by good intentions. And so I, uh, um, this is something that concerns me. And I've seen it go wrong, as you were talking about in New York, I've seen it go wrong here in Philadelphia. And I can't imagine um, that the city of New York is prepared 
uh, and the people who will have this power to actually use it wisely. So I've, I've been uh, to New York a few times during this pandem- ban- pandemic and the unhoused, as I'm imagining in California as well, um, off the charts. But we should ask ourselves, you know, the mental health issue aside, and we are starting to treat mental health as we do physical health. You know, we don't gather up people who have, you know, unchecked diabetes or unchecked cancer. We don't gather them up. Well, one one could argue someone's unchecked diabetes or cancer doesn't affect me. So if I'm riding the subway or if I'm on the streets uh, trying to get to to work and I'm being, uh, you know, accosted by somebody who is unhoused on the subway or mentally ill on the subway, it is impacting my life. So something has to be done. But why not put more facilities in place for people to go get help and provide more services uh, instead of involuntarily rounding folk up? And that's the way it's going to feel because they're going to be going against their will and you are further causing harm to somebody that's already fragile. So I I, I don't see this. No, it's true. I mean, I think you take help where the pain is. And so I'm thinking instead of rounding them up, what would it mean to create um, safe spaces in the subways actually where some of these people, instead of rounding them up, you could feed them. Um, They could take a shower. They could, I mean, they could be seen as fully human because they are. And that's a very different experience than stripping someone's dignity for the sake air quotes of being helpful and protecting Um, other people. Of course, we have to protect other people. And we know from gun violence and, um, you know, bombs and all kinds of things that there is a lot of danger in the world. There's a lot of evil and misery in the world. But the question is, is the way to treat it to ignore the trauma? Because untreated trauma just creates more trauma. You know, the Walmart shooter Uh, I mean, there's so many killings, but most recently in, um, and I'm blocking on where was the, the most recent, uh, which one in Buffalo? No, no, not, no, no. no. This was the shooting that happened. Um, so many, yeah, there's so many that, and that's part of what's been, but last week, um, and, oh yes. By the, the manager that, took everybody into the, I forgot where that was. And and I didn't didn't think I talked about that one. Right. And so, but the thing I thought about is they were talking about the manager and that he was odd and that people said, um, told other workers like watch out for him. And I thought, okay, so he was odd and he was troubled clearly, but I was wondering like, did any of the people who were saying He's odd. Watch out for him. He's strange. Did anybody think he is suffering and he's in pain? Virginia, um, yeah, is uh, the shooting in Virginia. And so I think we hop over. I don't think I know we hop over the pain that people are in and then we just go into action like, oh, we're going to round people up. And I'm thinking, Um, how's that going to work for you? How do you really think it's going to work to round people up, almost like putting kids in cages? You know, we saw how badly that worked uh, when the former president did that that to children. And so 
this is also a broken attempt, uh, I think, and it's going to cost, of course, you know, millions and millions and millions of dollars that actually could go to providing services to people where they are, meet people where they are. Facts. Um, so you, Dr. Robin yes. Smith is here. Uh, and the Dr. Robin show is a jewel on uh, Urban View Sunday lineup, 11 a.m. Eastern, 126. How are you healing thyself? Mm-hmm. Uh, and this week, I just want to say we're actually very exciting um, taking callers. So the listeners of the Dr. Robin show um, are going to be asking me, you know, uh, questions. And so I just want people to tune in because we're going to be talking about grief and um, romanticizing uh, partners and, you know, what does it mean to um, get real so we can create real in our lives. Um, so I hope people will will tune in this Sunday. How am I healing myself? I'm actually paying attention to what I know about me. And what I know about myself is that uh, I am more, and some of this is because my siblings were, you know, or are my sister still so much older than I am. So I kind of grew up as an only child, which taught me how to play and make friends and also manage my aloneness and manage my loneliness um, at times. So I spend a lot of time alone and I really love it. Um, it is what nurtures me and it is what feeds me most. Being out in nature and um, solitude is what replenishes me. At the same time, there are a couple of friends um, who I saw um, very selectively. And I say that because there are a lot of people who, you know, like you got to be around people. And I'm like, no, because that doesn't feed me. Um, that often drains me. And I was very careful about the couple of people who I saw when I saw them. Um, I also am going to bed earlier because I felt my own tank was uh, there was a lot happening with my family and because of my brother's death happening suddenly and his children. And there were things that were bringing us together and things that were also keeping us apart. And so I found myself um, using my energy very carefully and making sure like that I would go to sleep early so I could, I'm an early riser, but I needed, I needed to take care of my body, my temple. So my, I was eating and I eat well anyway, but I was careful about what I was allowing in me, in my, in my thoughts, in my mind, um, in my spirit, in my home, um, and really not doing what people would want me to do which is to be available um, so they could feel better that they're there for me. Uh, I, yeah, so I, I really took care and I'm still, you know, really taking care of myself. And I, so I, that's part of why I feel good because I've done this and I will continue to do this on my own terms. 
um, not the terms that my family uh, in particular might prefer. That That is so powerful. I'm sure somebody needed to hear that, you know, because a death and a sudden death at that uh, creates a lot of t- turmoil and a little bit of chaos. And if you yeah. don't know yourself, you could be pulled in 50 million d- directions. Um, and f- people who are in the lives of people who lost, let them direct how they want you to serve them. Be available mm-hmm. for the people, but you don't have to show that, uh, you know, if, if you're really good friends, then they know that you got them no matter what. Right. So that's really, to me, a demonstration of friendship is to know the people that you're in community with and let them direct how you're going to serve them during their time of grief and not. Yeah. yeah. And that grief also is a, it's, you know, it doesn't just happen now. I mean, it, you talked about your dad almost a decade you know, you've been without your father physically 32 years for me without my father, two years without my mother. I mean, also the reality that my sister and I is just the two of us. Someone said something to her and she said, well, it's just Robin and me now. And I thought, wow, it's just my sister's name is Joy. And I thought, wow, it's just right. It's just us now. And so like, what does that mean? What does that mean for me? And what does that mean for her? And you know, how will we make sense of it's just the two of us? And so I think this is also about allowing grief and joy, um, not my sister meaning joy, happiness, um, to unfold. I mean, to unfold and there are no rules and there's no time limit. And, you know, like I feel intact in this moment, but tonight, um, you know, I may ache and I just want to make room for the joy and I want to make room for the laughter. I mean, there were things that were hysterical. I mean, there's always, I say you get a funeral, uh, you know, or a wedding, but a funeral in particular, there's always something that is so outrageous um, that it's hysterical and it's funny if we can allow ourselves to, um, to claim the joy in the midst of the grief. Amen um, to that. And, and thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for all of it. Um, you know, as you're talking to those of us who are there to support, it's the months after, you know, just to send a note or a nice gift, like months after, because you're getting bombarded right now. I was telling somebody, I'm not sending you flowers right now. And they were like, thank you, because my home looks like, a, you know, it's overrun with flowers. Wait a month, two months. It's, that would be even more appreciated, you know, in those times when you most probably need it when you're. And I will just say this, also ask the person what they want. Like, I didn't want flowers at all. There was a scholarship in my father's name. And I thought, I want to educate black minds. Like, I don't need a flower. I don't need, I mean, nothing wrong with flowers, but I want people's college to be paid for. So yeah, ask people what they want. I love it. And I love you, Dr. Robin Smith. Check her out on Sundays, 11 a.m. Hey, this is Karen Hunter. You can listen to the Karen Hunter Show live every Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. East on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.